The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious, ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O C-O. Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Had a wild one today. Had a wild show today, a lot going on in the news. And The Undertaker's here. I've heard that quite a bit, actually. Oh, I bet you have. Shocking, right? You look identical <laughs> to you know The what? Undertaker. And I don't know if I should take offense to that. Or no, take, he's great. Or take that as a compliment. He's my fucking favorite, I dude. I go back and forth. We're on Patreon, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, when I take my kid to school, my youngest is f- uh, four right now. Well, because the other one's one. They don't do shit. But uh, <laughs> the four-year-old, every morning, because I drop uh, my so oldest one off first at nine years old. And then uh, him, he's four years old. I drop him off second. When when he gets out of the car, he goes, "I want to, I want the Undertaker theme song." For whatever reason, that's how he goes to preschool. Is the Undertaker theme song? And when you popped into the studio today, I was like, "Oh shit, he's here!" Because he lives in Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? He I'm might... about half his size, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's like six. You're very yeah. tiny. You're <laughs> a tiny, tiny guy. Little yeah. tiny Undertaker. He, there's a there's some small possibility he might stop by tomorrow actually because Matt Light is in town. Okay. Uh, to see him and then to come by and see us for you know merch stuff. No shit. Have him do the show. His, his meeting after. Coming here is with Taker. I'm like, we'll just fucking bring him. Dude. Yeah, just bring the Undertaker here to the but show. We'll see. We'll he show. probably doesn't want to leave his house. He does. We we'll give him free booze. Well, he's and got then that we'll sleeping. We'll show him. Like, yeah. Did uh, you? Speaking of him, did you bring your own beer? Yeah, did you bring your own beer? No. He, he, oh, it's in the refrigerator. Oh, said, you got some yingling said, in yeah, there. Yeah, crack the fridge. And this you know what's funny? So listeners come in. Uh, we do you know shows and leave the doors open every single day here, and uh, and their favorite beer is always Yingling for some reason. So they always bring it in. Um, I don't know what it's a northeastern thing, right? I think so. Uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, oldest yeah. brewery in America. Yeah, everybody loves it, listener wise. So they'll bring that in because obviously we got the seltzers covered, but they love the Yingling. Everybody's got it, dude. So cheers. Um, what's your name, by the way? Greg Anderson. Greg Anderson. That's my there name. we go. Mr. Super, super interesting name. I mean, look, it's like the, the other. Name of all time, yeah, yeah, the other Greg Anderson we know. It's in prison. <laughs> Wait, who? So. Who's another Greg Anderson? It was Barry Bonds' trainer? Oh yeah, yeah. He Balco took that guy? bid, dude. Oh, he wasn't Balco. He was a trainer. Yeah. Greatest, I, I would say the greatest wingman of all time. He took that bid. Never said one fucking word. Best dude. fall guy ever. I, I don't know. Ollie, Ollie North is probably the best fall guy of all time. But did Ollie go to jail for it? Uh yeah, I think so for a little bit. Nah, little Kim. He also, I'm. I'm we'll address that later. <laughs> uh, Ollie North 
like kept Reagan from getting fucking impeached. I think that's a little bit bigger than keeping Barry Bonds out of jail for two years. Ah, he kept that Oliver, home run home run record in, in intact. Oliver North did not go to jail. He was convicted of three felonies in '89, but now this is fun. He was granted a pardon by George H. W. Bush on Christmas Eve, a nice little Christmas present. Yeah. There we go. There Send him home to see his. That's family. all. That's a skull and bone situation right there. I'm sure, sure is. Right. Sure is. So, Greg Anderson, welcome to the show, friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, we've had something that's been ongoing on this show for the last year, and it's been uh, a debate with this live versus the PGA and what was going to happen. Um, I, I said, look, they're going to eventually take the money. Everybody ends up taking the money in the long run. Woke up this morning, and the live ended up buying out the PGA entirely. Now, I gave Delco shit for this on Ross Patterson Revolution this morning. I said, look, you said... Um, that's, you know, you would be a Saudi mouthpiece for the Saudi government if you took that money and the tradition was too strong and nobody would break or bend and, and that was what's going to happen. And then this morning, not only did it get sold, PGA players didn't know about it. Uh, on the Live side, Greg Norman, who is the CEO, I guess you want to call him, of Live, uh, he didn't even know about it until five minutes before the guy went on air on MSNBC. Um, who is the new president, Delco, now of let's, golf? Let's make no mistake about it. Uh, the Saudi Arabia bought the PGA Tour, not Live Golf. Live Golf will not exist anymore. Uh, but the man is Yazir Al Ramayan, or whatever. Uh, he is now the chairman of all of golf. He's okay. the chairman of uh, EPL's Newcastle United. He's a board member of Uber and uh, SoftBank. Holy shit. He's uh, the right hand man, of course, of. Uh, MBS. Yep, yep. And he is the chairman of the oil giant Aramco. Wow. He's he's the governor of PIF, which is the Saudi Public Investment Fund, and that's yep. who's been paying for all of this shit. They're paying for. I mean, honestly, I I if I would I would think that they're paying Ronaldo's salary probably. Yep. They're probably the ones trying to draw um, uh, Messi over there right now. I think they announced this week that his contract is definitely at so PSG Messi, is going away. Yeah, he, he's leaving PSG. They're thinking possibly Barcelona return, but, you know, money talks. He's going to Saudi Arabia. He's going to get $200 and, million a year, right? Yeah. That's what I heard. Well, 400 I think, is what they oh, that's right. Over, yeah. yeah. And he's, he'll probably do that for three years and then come to the U.S., if mm -hmm. I had to guess. And go to Miami yeah. or something like that? No. Yeah. Something fun. But uh, the reason why this is a massive, massive deal is on this program – uh, there has been a push, including the, the family members of some of the victims in 9-11, who have come out against uh, the, the players who mm -hmm. went to live and everything else. And then there was a, a clip that's going viral today. Bob, if you could play that now. Um, they actually broke into a telecast. Now, this is Monaghan. He was the former guy, right? No, he is still very much involved. So he was, yeah, the commissioner of the PGA Tour. He will now move to CEO of whatever the fuck they're going to call golf now. And uh, he is the biggest fucking rat on the planet. And uh, let's take a listen from him. Yeah. About this. There was a story that was first reported uh, in the New York Post yesterday by Brian Wacker about a 9-11 coalition of families and survivors of the 2001 terrorist attacks. 9-11 um, families united sent a, a letter to the representatives of Phil, Dustin, Bryson, Reed, and others, quote, expressing their outrage towards the golfers for participating in the new league and accusing them of sports washing and betraying the United States, 
end quote. And that's gotten a lot of steam over the last 24 hours. That story first reported again in the New York Post. How much did you talk to your players about the possible ramifications if they sign on with the new league? Well, I talked to players. I've talked at a player meeting, and I've and I've talked to a number of players uh, individually like a uh, for a long period of time. And I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. And as it relates to the families of 9-11, uh, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? Well, you do today, friends. Yep. You do today. Well. Has this guy made a, a statement yet uh, regarding this so far? He has, yeah. And uh, what was his statement today? Uh, we can read it. I don't know. It's it's pretty long. What's his name? Uh, Jay Monahan. Jay Monahan. Um, because now the other guy who is now the, the Saudi guy who's now the, the CEO of all of golf because they bought up the European tour and everything else as well. He went on CNBC this morning. Here's, Here's the dude boy. with Trump who, holy shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. That's it's what not a great like pick. Now? Not looking good. It's he's not a great. A, he's pick. got a really good tailor. That's... This was last year. Yeah, <laughs> not doing well. Not doing well. So that's the guy there on the left. Um, and I, actually, shit. It was during that exact photo. By the way, was 322 days ago uh, when Trump said, "If you don't take the money now, you will get nothing after the merger takes place." That has gone viral. That is the top story on Drudge right now. Uh, I didn't hear a word you just said. I'm just staring at this picture. At that picture, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looks like they shrunk that down or something. That's crazy. But also uh, today on CNBC where they announced the merger, um, Monaghan said it took 10 minutes for him to be like kind of cooperate with the Azir. He's like, oh, yeah, he got me within 10 minutes in our meeting in Venice. Venice, Italy? Yeah. So they, they've been meeting for months. Uh, nobody's really known. Um, Monaghan is the total fucking chill. And uh, this is what he released, I guess, today. Well, after to two years of disruption and distraction, this is a historic day for the game we all know and love. Uh, this transformational partnership recognizes the immeasurable strength of the PGA Tour's history, legacy, and pro-competitive model and combines it with the DP World Tour and Live. Uh, including a team golf concept to create an organization that will benefit golf, golf's players, commercial and charitable partners, and fans. Going forward, fans can be confident that we will collectively deliver on the promise we've always made to promote competition of the best in professional golf and that we are committed to securing the game's future. Um, we're pleased to move forward with the dude, whatever. It doesn't really mention 9-11. Yeah, which, uh, I'm shocked that it doesn't. By the way, too, Monaghan was approached by this like normal group of people for the PGL uh, to have the exact same concept with teams and everything without the Saudi Arabia money. It would have been clean. It would have been good. And he didn't even take a meeting with them. Okay. Now, Dan, you've been very, very vocal on the show about live all the people who've taken the money, everything else. How do you feel that one of our major sports in the United States is now fully bought, owned, and operated by the Saudi government? Well, just some context first. So, uh, one, we have definitive proof that the Saudi royal family was directly involved in 9-11, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the, the gentleman who was living here in the United States, um, who was part of the ambassador's team, the ambassador to Saudi Arabia's team, was the guy who was setting up their apartments, who was bringing in money through the Awala network 
to give to them uh, cash stuff so they could do stuff. He's the one that set up their flight school where they didn't apparently learn how to land at all. Um, and we know this for a fact. And then the American government, George W. Bush, Donald Rumsfeld, those two specifically made a deal with Saudi Arabia that we're not going to bring the hammer down on you and we will protect you from liability vis-a-vis lawsuits and stuff, provided you act as a proxy for us and bomb the countries in the Middle East that we want, Yemen and Syria specifically, right? And mm-hmm. we're still bombing Yemen every single goddamn day right now. Uh, so as fucked as Saudi Arabia is and as much as we should drop a nuke on Riyadh, and I think we should. I think we should wipe that fucking country off the map entirely. Uh, we're not exactly blameless here, or at least our politicians aren't. Now, as far as how I feel about it, uh, I think you can pretty much glean that from the things I've just said. Like, this is this is an embarrassment to our country, and I will never fucking watch golf again. Yeah, so I, I was wondering... And as a matter of fact, people that continue to partner with them are going to come into my fucking crosshairs as well. Because um, I, I was, I was uh, wondering if... The people that are still in it, like the Rorys and everybody else, what they're going to do this weekend, because they woke up to this news. They were not informed about this news. There is a tournament that they're supposed to uh, give a press conference at tomorrow. I believe it's the Canadian one, right? Canadian Open. Yeah. Which Rory won last year. Yeah, he's won the last two. Yeah, yep. yeah we, we did it and we covered it on, on the show last year. Is there a chance that they sit out and they just protest and say, fuck you guys, I'm not, I'm not doing any of this? If they have any character whatsoever they will they will do that yes but i i highly doubt it i mean look at how many people are going e- even the league itself but look at how many people were willing to go over to saudi arabia and take their money yeah how, how much are they getting paid millions yeah. oh hundreds uh, of millions. Uh, no but in some cases hundreds who's the top guy to was play 14 Brooks? events basically um, probably dj or uh phil but um that's right phil mickelson got 240 million dollars they offered hideki phil 300 Mickelson's million still yep they offered Hideki three hundred million, and uh, he denied that. He turned it down. He did, yes. And he's flying Spirit Airlines, so it was kind of a funny, <laughs> kind of a funny. Tweet. You're kidding. There's kind of a funny tweet today by Ben On where he's like, he could have literally bought Spirit Airlines yeah, if yeah. he took the live money. Yeah. He could have bought I mean, it he, and then crashed it into one of the the, the new towers if yeah. he wanted to. To be honest, uh, Hideki will in a in a decade or so still be able to buy Spirit just because he's the guy right over there in Asia. He's their top guy, and the, and the just the uh, the sponsorship deals, sponsorship deals he alone. Get, he's yeah, he's rich. he's 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 the one guy that they definitely can't just persuade with money out of everybody in PGA. Well, Tiger too. Tiger's already a billionaire. Well, Tiger turned down a billion dollars, mm-hmm. so he turned down I think it was nine hundred ninety eight million dollars or something like that. So, yeah. yeah. So Curry in the chat says, "Who cares if Saudi Arabia hosts golf events? This is a dumb conversation. It's not though because uh, it's literally going to just be a propaganda piece for the Saudi Arabian government. So you'll see commercials to be like visit Saudi, like yeah. vacation spots and stuff. It's all sports washing. It's all fucking terrible. I don't even know if I'm going to watch golf anymore. Like it's it's disgusting. So the the Qatar thing to your point when we watched the Qatar World Cup. All the commercials were tourism commercials for Qatar. There was no, like, you know, Budweiser or whoever the fuck else was in there. I mean, it was all like, come visit Qatar. We're an amazing country and we've changed and we're not throwing gay people off roofs and shit like that. They definitely still are. They're definitely still funding Hamas, right? Mm-hmm. So fuck those guys. Matter of fact, here's how I know for a fact that they're still funding Hamas is because we gave them the money. In 2006, when Hamas won the elections in Palestine to take over the government, they quickly realized, one, Palestine doesn't generate any revenue, so how the fuck do you maintain a government? And two, we don't know how to fucking govern. So we've been using Qatar as a cutout to fund Hamas just administratively mm-hmm. since 2006, essentially. Right? Yeah. Um, 
this is land such... of the free, home of the brave. You know what I mean? Unless That's... you have some cash, yeah, and you can be bought out. Uh, what a wild story! I was definitely not expecting that this mm. morning. It has certainly dominated the news, and then and, and again, this is one of our first major sports that is fully bought out by somebody else's country yeah. and they're going to play right this, well, is, here. this would be like if china bought the nba like yeah legit which bought the nba well i mean look is that too far off now uh i don't know that you so the nba is not the same it's owned not by a single entity by by but oh, yeah, yeah you're right team owners yeah. so no they're not going to do that um but they did the brooklyn nets allowed uh who was the russian oligarch to buy that that team there yeah and they were fine with it Mm-hmm. Um, that lasted like for individual five or six years. Yeah, one yeah. team, not a league. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but the tour is supposed to be like ran by the players, or they should be able to have a vote. But nobody was informed about this. About like five people know what actually happened with this deal. Still, a lot of information is not at, like is accessible right now. Our barbecue guys here. It's distracting me. Is I he? Can't, <laughs> I can't tell is if he's J&L? brought food or not. Is J and L here? No I, I get Some I get choked bitch. up. No food, you. Well, I mean, I'm having heart palpitations. My God, dude, I just I almost fell over. JNL barbecue shows up with no food. Come on, dude. Um, you don't do that on a day like this. That so, was all of our hopes and dreams were pinned on you. So Trump Trump's response uh, this morning on Truth Social uh, is great news from Live Golf. A big, beautiful, and glamorous deal for the wonderful world of golf. Congrats to all. That will that will affect whether or not I vote for him now. Honestly, like you can't fucking do this shit. It's not like I'm, I'm not going to vote for Biden, but I'll sit this election out. Yeah. If he's the fucking candidate now, because that's that is completely unacceptable to to continue to allow. I mean, think about it this way. We talk a lot about how shame and peer pressure and shit like that play a role in society. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it, so there's something called the Overton window, and it is essentially the left and right limit of pop, what's acceptable politically. And it moves to the right sometimes, and it moves to the left sometimes, depending on where you are historically. Uh, but the same thing happens in culture. The same thing happens in our social sphere, where what people allow to go unchecked becomes normal. So when fat fucking retards like Lizzo say, I'm the standard of beauty, mm-hmm. and, the, and, and it goes unchecked, then it becomes the standard. And then people are like, what do you mean she's not beautiful? Like, no, she's, she's, her foot is going to fall off at any minute. It'll fall off. You know what I mean? So, well, bro, that's our whole society now. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Because nobody wants to... Like, we, you, should be, you should be thrilled to be offended, to be honest. Because th- that's the fucking check and balance on, on your stupidity as a human being. You know? But, but with all of this, because Tyler Gray said a similar thing when he was on the show that you guys said at the top about uh, bombing all these countries and all this shit. Mm-hmm. It's not like the United States is completely innocent in dealings they've had around the world over the years and even on our own country. I mean, you know, we offed one of our own presidents. Um, is this that big of a deal because of what we've done to other places? And that's what I'm having a hard time with here um, because I understand both sides of the arguments. Uh, but it, at a certain point, if somebody's just writing checks for all of this shit, if we really dug into each and every single one of these companies – Somebody's taking money from somewhere along the way that we don't agree with. Mm-hmm. So what do you do exactly? Um, stop buying shit from them. But we're starting to run out of places. And I know that's been a theme here for the last few months on this show. I feel like we're out of shit. And we'll go back to the Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch shit. The three brands that are affected are Bud Lights, Bud Light Seltzer, and uh, Budweiser. No one really knows that they own a hundred other fucking brands. 
Um, there was a very small brewery in Appalachian Mountains, uh, in the Appalachian Mountains. I forget the name of the company, uh, but they actually bought back their brewery from Anheuser-Busch last week. It didn't get a lot of press because it's a smaller beer, but uh, it was admirable. I don't know how much, um, and I don't know how much product they were selling there. But at what point is everything just being washed through these endless cycles of dirty money that it, it, you're you're kind of stuck? Well, as the hardcore lefties always like to say, and have said for years, if you're online or whatever, uh, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. That's what they like to say. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that so I just need. starve to death. I mean. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm I mean, not agreeing with that, but I'm saying that that is the uh, that is their yeah. their chorus over and over again. So you know when things get super fucked like this, um, you return to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. I need food and shelter and warmth, and then everything else, I'll figure out. And I think it, you know if you give a fuck about people who fucking had to jump out of burning buildings because these cunts flew planes into them. Uh, then maybe start dialing it back on the Chinese products and the Saudi products, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or the you know I mean? or the dudes that stormed the beaches. Yeah. Since it is D-Day. Yeah. 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 Um, because, you know, the last thing I'll say about this is we'll find out what happens in the ratings and the, the blowback this weekend. Oh, this story is so fucking new that, I mean, we haven't heard from any of the top guys yet. Uh, and this all of this is kind of coming in right now. The memes are fucking everywhere. A lot of people are referencing uh, Succession, and it's been hilarious. Your meme this morning was the first one that got me, by the way, Delco, so I'll give you a shout-out for that. We put on Drinking Bro Sports on Instagram. But uh, I'll be real curious to see if, one, Americans boycott golf, um, stop watching it, if the ratings go down. Two, if the players themselves, who are in the PGA, who didn't sign these deals, walk this weekend and be like, fuck you, I'm not giving you ratings this weekend. Because of what you did. Because the players had no vote in this whatsoever. And I, I want to make that clear to everybody. So, like, don't hate your favorite player. Um, they had nothing to do with this. Yeah, just hate the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a, <laughs> Literally. Yeah, there's, a, the there's, a, there's, a, there's another element to this, too, though. It's the majors. They don't, they, don't, uh, they don't answer to the PGA. They don't. So they're still independent. All four majors are still independent. So they just show up four times a year? Yeah, is that, or some, they start, is that something or Rory they, does? Or they you know? start their own league. Yeah, Tiger and Rory start their own league, and and I, God fucking damn, I hope they do, right? Just, yeah. just, I don't, I'm not a huge golf fan in general. I like it because it's fucking. It might be the best sport to gamble on, to be honest. Oh, it's a blast because there's four days of it. Yep, it changed the, the entire landscape of gambling changes every single fucking day. Mm-hmm. The live lines are the best that you're ever going to get. It's awesome. Uh, it's just the best sport to gamble on, so that's why I like it. But I would like it to continue to exist. Same, and I, I just uh, I don't know what's going to happen because I, I try to think about it from like a, a, a my perspective, right? Let's say it was NFL or college football. And the Saudis had bought in college football, the NFL. I would probably still watch it. I, I, like, I don't. I, I'm that big of a fan of it that it's like, to me, unless he's on the field fucking playing or throwing out the first pitch or, you know, whatever. Uh, shit, man. It's, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, the other option is to let him get comfy and start coming over here and then start assassinating Saudis. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Right, right. It's going to be a little difficult, probably on the back nine. No. I would say, but uh, have you you've been to golf? I know. There's, no, there's not much security there. It's not. I dude. I, I said this on the show years ago. I was convinced Tiger was going to get killed. 
Um, I remember going to a, a tournament. And I got like two feet from him on the thing, and I was like, I am way too close to Tiger Woods. Like, <laughs> and I, did, I didn't get checked for anything at that place. It was strange. Um, but yeah, so we'll, you want to we'll build out. some sniper hides on the yeah. We'll I mean, out. how hard would it be? It's, there's plenty of brush out there. <laughs> Just get some local vegetation stuff in your ghillie suit and stay there for three days. Wait for the. Wait for the opportunity. Or you can just get in one of the, the neighborhoods, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a... Uh, <laughs> I don't what, even know that they'll go. And what is, your, what is your ethical responsibility when somebody who literally attacked your company or country visits your country afterwards? I, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think you should execute that. I don't know. So I don't know what you do in this whole situation. It's super bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since we're talking about... Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm saying it's like the dude who banged your girlfriend showing up at the bar, like you're buying you a drink. Yeah, I'd sorry be fine about that. There's a lot of dudes house. that would do that. Yeah, I'd, yeah. Be, I'd be fine with that. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Yeah. As long sorry as we... we bombed your towers, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, but, Greg, we'll get to, uh, we'll stay in the morality conversation here. You were a cop, right? Yeah, for you were, 10 years. Yeah. Where? Los Angeles and Seattle. Oh, oh holy shit, yeah, dude. Two great cities. Fucking A, dude. Fuck this is after you. Uh, second What ranger. years? Um, well, I was actually a deputy with the Marshal Service in Los Angeles. <laughs> mm. From 2011 to 2015, and then after that, I moved to Seattle and was a police officer in Seattle. Holy shit! Up dude. until 2020. Okay, and and why'd you get out of there? Just because it was awful? No, because I got fired. Oh, yeah. For, Were you the COVID guy yeah, who I was got the COVID fired? Guy. No shit, yeah, dude. Yeah. Tell everybody that story. That was a wild one, man. Bro, it was a crazy story because, and I actually lost a lot of faith in law enforcement because behind closed doors and in the lunchroom, 100% of cops thought everything that was happening nationwide was bullshit. Mm-hmm. Remember like the dudes getting chased on his surfboards oh, dude. and all that bullshit. And like we'd have the news on and everybody would be irate, but no one would say anything. And, uh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was I watched undercover police officers. And this was down in Texas somewhere do an undercover raid on girls that were doing nails out of their basement. Without mask and... and, uh, Oh, no, because we were all supposed to be locked down. And they were painting nails and putting (laughs) shellac on, you know? And so I was in my patrol car when I saw that. And this wasn't planned. It wasn't something that I had, like, orchestrated. I just picked up my phone, and my message was to other police officers. I'm like, you guys, this is outside of our scope of what we are allowed to do to people. All right? Just because your mayor says to do something, just because your governor says to do something... The truth is... They don't make laws. Yeah, they don't the make laws. The legislature makes the laws. The legislature makes right. laws. Things have to be legislated. Mm-hmm. And just because somebody thinks they're a political elite, you know, in the political elite class and can start making demands and telling law enforcement officers to do this, do that, I said, that's not how this profession works. We have an oath to uphold, and our oath is to the people. It's not to the elitists in the, in the political system. And... Uh, Bro, it went super fucking viral. Yeah, I remember. And yeah. you got you got fired. I got fired. Um, like I got. So this. I said the, to Dan on the show when this happened. I, I think I was like, dude, couldn't that guy fucking sue? What did you end up doing? Well, here's the stupid thing, man. Like, so I was on Fox News, and everybody was like, oh, trying to get an interview. And at the time, I remember I was on Fox News, and one of their lawyers is like, we're going to sue him for this, and we're going to sue him for that, and they're going down. They violated your constitutional rights. Blah blah blah. And that, that made good primetime television. And then as soon as we were off the air, she's like, well, you know, I reviewed your department's policy, and it doesn't really look like we have a, a case on this one. And no so I went, through, I went through several different firms, and they all said they all came to the same conclusion. They said, we'd be happy to take this case, but we won't take it on percentage because it looks unwinnable. And I'm like, well, you know what? And then fuck you. Yeah. 
Because what am I going to do? Piss a bunch of time and money away to then walk away with nothing? And, and for the audience, because we've been in a bunch of lawsuits, um, when you do that, then you're on the hook for the, the money legally. <laughs> exactly. Up and front, it's hundreds too. Up of, front. Oh, yeah. Not only yeah, is it a retainer, but then hundreds of thousands of you know dollars, because that, that case would go on for years, that years. one in particular. It's 300K to 3 and million. And they subpoena everybody I know yes. and drag everyone through the mud. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking cut my losses and the truth is i never enjoyed being a police officer anyway like i kind of fell into law enforcement like a lot of soldiers do i was actually in iraq when i found out my wife was pregnant she Mm -hmm. goes hey you need to figure out something different and so i just took that next step that a lot of soldiers do and how long had you been in at that point uh 10 years 10 years and you were second ranger second ranger well and that was between pretty pretty uh uh pretty fast tempo a lot of deployments yeah it's 14 deployments back then yeah. holy yep. shit and so I mean, they're only three to four months three but yeah still, 90 days it's, it's a fucking you know what's funny is i got back and forth the whole time. so i was deployed in march of 03 to afghanistan mm-hmm. and the rest of the regiment invaded iraq and they came into our hooch and they're like hey your relief's not coming you guys are going to be stuck here until further notice <laughs> and we had to do six months oh boy and just to the ranger regiment Rough, that yeah. was just like <laughs> fucking crazy they pulled that shit with us you too know? on mine it was supposed to be a four-month deployment and it turned into a 15-month deployment 15 god that's oh, a yeah. pcs movement yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was not fun no i mean it was fun because we were in solder city we were just in gunfights all the time so that part was fun uh-huh. at least it wasn't boring yeah. you can imagine being on a fucking boring one for that long that was well, bro and a lot of my deployments i was attached to a qrf platoon oh, sitting god. on an airfield kitted up because you know what the problem with that is is that there's a bunch of fucking e8s and e9s walking around just they want to feel busy, so they're squaring people away. Like, dude, we're in the middle of bro, nowhere. It's, Shut the fuck bro, up. I literally had, I mean, and it, no offense, but it was an 82nd Sergeant Major. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I was, was on con- Kandahar Airfield wearing, like, a civilian coat and a baseball cap. Mm. Hey, get over here. Who are you with? I said, second bat. Mm. Does your Sergeant Major know that you're out of uniform? And it's like, dude, we're in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. And, you're, and you're fucking worried about the hat that I have on. And to tell you the truth, that's... They're just a, mad there's no grass to cut over there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bunch of bitches. But that's the kind of shit that actually drives a lot of people out of the military. Because it's, it's, it's like, bro, stupid. we're over here killing human beings. Mm. And you're mad that I have a, a North Face hat on. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so, now it should be mad because North Face is super gay. Yeah, <laughs> not not for just not, wearing yeah, it yeah, overseas. Yeah. It's not, it's not the uniform situation. It's a super gay now. Yeah, you're a homosexual now. <laughs> you got a first form hat on today, which is nice. Yeah, for dude, dude, sponsor did you go to show. Summer Smash? I did not go to Summer Smash. I haven't been to a Summer Smash, but uh, it's actually funny. I made that video, and one of the first fucking DMs. Oh, yeah, Andy. Andy Frisella. Yeah. And he just said, hey, bro, we're the fucking same. Mm. I want first form is going to hire you. And I'm like... Okay, I don't know what that means, you know? Yeah. And then Sal Fursella calls me, and he goes, Andy's all, like, gung-ho. He said, we want to hire you and, like, pay you a full-time salary. He goes, I think we should probably date before we marry, you know? <laughs> I said, dude, that's reasonable. And so, but, yeah, Andy and Sal become friends of mine through this whole ordeal. And, uh, you know, it was kind of crazy because I don't feel like I did anything that was that admirable or that, like, a cop said, defend people's constitutional rights and support your oath mm-hmm. shouldn't every fucking cop be saying that yeah you know like there's nothing that i did that should have like been like oh my whoa wow yeah but uh because nobody else did it well, it changed the trajectory of my whole life and, and i'm glad you're you're here today because this is dan said this for years as this was going on by the way for two and a half years on the fucking COVID situation he goes if you're arresting people for this shit you should quit your fucking job 100%. and go find another fucking job, right? You're the, the one guy who actually did it during this. So I said that verbatim in my video. I remember. Yeah. But what afterwards, 
how long was the hiring process and then what was your life like once it was all taken away? Because I think that's what a lot of people are curious about. So it was May 5th of 2020 and I made the video. My commander called me and said, that was a great video, Greg. Everything you said made a lot of sense and it was a good message and we support you. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm. Then he called me back a couple hours later and said, uh, I was directed to tell you it has to come down because it's just getting too big. I said, well, if you're asking me to take the video down, I literally said verbatim in the video that you have to be willing to lose your job to stand on your morals and your ethics. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if someone asks you to compromise those, you have to be willing to risk your paycheck for that and walk away. And so I said, because I said that, now you're putting me in that place because I can't take the video down. I'm not going to rescind my words. And he's like, don't do this. Please don't do this. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm simply saying I'm not going to rescind my words. And the video remains. And so on the spot, they put me on administrative leave pending termination because everything in the government moves like pond water. Mm-hmm. So the, the investigation and all that ended up taking months. And then I was officially terminated in August of that year. So, all right, so you still got roughly three and a half months, three pay and a half months of pay still. And then what was well, then the his, other thing what was is, his response though to you saying that? Um, was he saying, "Oh, I, I admire you," or way to take a stand? No, he was literally saying, "He's like, Greg, you're one of our best officers. No one has anything bad to say about you. I agree with you." He was saying, "I agree with you," but but the thing is, we can't say that kind of stuff publicly in uniform. He goes, "If you were in your backyard with a hoodie on, no one would be taking issue." But because you were in uniform, it has to come down. And I said, well, the message has to come from a uniform cop. Mm-hmm. Because that's the people that are going out there and trampling on everybody's rights and liberties right now. Mm. If I just put on a fucking Carhartt jacket and was standing in my fucking backyard, it wouldn't have the same effect. Now, what's it say on the side of those police cruisers? Protect. Oh, they all say honor, d- protect integrity, and protect and serve. Yeah. Like, they all protect all and their- serve whom? Yeah, the elite class, Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington. Like, fuck that shit. What was the official cause of termination? Uh, Insubordination. Because I was told to take it down, and I said no. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, that's what they got me on. Huh. And Seattle's doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Well, like, there's definitely so, not major corporations l- fleeing that city. No. Right? Everything's because fine of crime. in Seattle. I, mean, I grew up in Seattle. I was a little skater kid of 13 years old, and I'd take my, I'd take the fucking. Wait, how old are you? 42. 42. Yeah. So you're a little, little skater. You were a little older than Jared. I, I just figured you would have probably run into Jared Taylor at some point because he was up there in that area doing He's that still thing. skateboarding okay. right now up there. So. <laughs> but in, in the Seattle area, he was up But there, it was uh, nice. I mean, I could be 12, 13 years old, and I actually lived north of Seattle in a little farm town uh, called Snohomish. Yeah, yeah, I know Snohomish. And I'd take the, we'd take public transportation down there, and we'd skate and go down to, to Pike Place and all mm-hmm. that. Never any issues. And then, uh, I mean, everybody knows what's going on in Seattle. Drugs are running rampant. We became the, uh, like the petty theft capital of the nation. Mm-hmm. Like Seattle's not like hardcore crime, murders and rapes mm-hmm. and stuff, but like car prowls and smash and grabs. Just bums everywhere. It's nonstop. Yeah. Heroin needles and syringes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I used to think it was just incompetence, but it's at this point when you see what's happened to my city over the last seven to ten years you have to come to the conclusion that it's by design there is something called Hanlon's razor that says don't attribute to malice what can be explained by incompetence mm-hmm. and i do try to apply that most of the time because while we are in a in a an age of conspiracy and i don't mean conspiracy theories i mean actual conspiracies that are fucking proven still you don't want to immediately accept that 
But it is hard to it's believe. It's hard to. Because, it's I mean, hard to believe that this isn't all fucking orchestrated to yeah. some greater purpose. I mean, you look at what, what's happened in on the whole left coast, and it's like San Francisco and Los Angeles mm-hmm. and, and Seattle, they were all beautiful cities at one Portland, point. Too. I know. Yeah, Portland, I, yeah, I just, I Portland. We just had this conversation yesterday. It feels like everybody's just giving up on them and saying, all right, well, those are just checked off the list and destroy it and do whatever you want. Well, and bro, and I, we're, we're, we've moved out. I mean, they're going to yeah. be abandoned cities at a certain point. A million I get people, people all the time that say, why don't you leave Washington? And I'm like, because this has been my fucking home my mm-hmm. whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, eastern Washington is still pretty dope. Yeah. And even even northern, like up near Vancouver and yeah. shit is still pretty no, nice. And that's the thing, man. You get outside of the cesspool of King County. Shit, even the east side, yeah. like Bellevue and shit is still still. And that's what I always than... used to say when I was a cop. I'm like, they're like, well, you know, Mayor Jenny Durkin, we just don't know what the solution is mm. for the homeless problems. I said, take a 10-minute drive to Bellevue and talk to their city council. Yeah, yeah. Because they seem to have a fucking They're doing pretty out, good, yeah. You know? <laughs> they're doing pretty good. But, uh, no, to answer your question, though, like, what what was the fallout and what was next, um, I ended up getting a nice GoFundMe. Oh, and really? Like, yeah, bro. I, I mean, I'm, we made half a million dollars. And, Fuck you. And What'd like, you do with it, party? Uh, well, here's the thing. Cocaine? We started to... He got breast implants. Yeah, exactly. I got breast he had him, implants. He had them taken out later. Had my dick cut there. off, all yep. that stuff. I am from Seattle. <laughs> yeah. And then I had it reattached. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Full circle. <laughs> that money was just getting pissed away on lawyers, right? And they're all like, oh, you know, like everybody came to the table wanting a piece of the case, but then telling me like, well, there's not really much you can do, but as long as if you're willing to fight it and pay this much money. And we realized very quickly after, you know, 30, 40 grand just vanished in a heartbeat. Yep. I'm like, this whole GoFundMe is going to be gone and we're not going to walk with anything. Mm. Yeah. And so I was like, let's be fucking smart with it. And we actually bought a big piece of property in the mountains, built a big firearm range. Uh, I partnered with Mike Glover, Fieldcraft Survival yeah. Guys. Love Mike. Yeah, they've been out there. And and then I invested a bunch into building my jiu-jitsu academy. And my jiu-jitsu academy, when I got fired, I had already started it. I always had my jiu-jitsu academy as kind of like a a thing on the side, a side piece. And I had like 25 students. Mm -hmm. And it was more just like a club with friends. And then after this whole thing blew up, I put a lot of energy into jiu-jitsu. And we have like, I think we have 208 members now. That's awesome. Do you own the property in the building? Own the property, own the building, everything, man. Because we talk about, Dan and I talk about this on the show, uh, ownership. Yes. Real estate, land, mm-hmm. all yeah. that stuff is super valuable. So I'm glad you did that as well. I actually, I, I talked to a lot of guys about that in the jiu-jitsu world because it's like, I actually don't know how you can make it paying rent to someone because it's such a slow process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started my academy in 2015, so jiu-jitsu was just starting to gain momentum. And there's a lot more momentum behind it now, so it might be a better time to start. But it was a slow process. And I used to tell people, like, there's no way I could have built this business paying five grand a month to some yeah, fucking you, landlord. You take Austin here. So a bunch of people are looking at this building across the street. There's a building called the Field House over there. It is a beautiful, beautiful place to have a gym. A couple of gyms have been in there in, a, in another business. But the rent on it is $11,000 a month yeah, bro, in like, Austin. How, how can you start a new business? Yes. And then because you've got to look at it and reverse engineer it and be like, all right, 
Well, then how many fucking people do I have to sign up and train on a this monthly basis? This is your basis? cap table and your runway, basically. Yes. You're starting a business. So my cap table is how much it's going to cost me per certain amount of time to run this business. My runway is how much cash on hand I have to fucking do it, right? Yep. And it's not going to be very long if you're fucking coming out of pocket with stuff like that, frankly. And especially a new company where you're establishing clients. Mm. And, and that's anything. Advertising, yeah, yeah. jujitsu, Same anything. thing with a restaurant. Like yeah. a restaurant, you're not... Like the earliest you should expect to make a profit in a restaurant is two years. Most restaurants fail, 81% fail but the ones that do see profit it's usually at year five right i mean it's that and, and that's so about, you can't do that paying rent you've got to have some capital up front to fucking even run that business absolutely place, and right? that's about where we were at five years before it started to become mm -hmm. profitable but during that time it was more of a wash than anything but if i was dishing out a bunch of money to a landlord like because i actually and they the, could raise that rent whenever they feel like it too and it fucks yeah, up exactly. the cap table yeah like Greg, you got a podcast. You know we got some sponsors that put this shit wagon on the air. First and foremost, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Let's go, dude. 50% off the bundle package. Half off. You're getting half off an adjustable base and a mattress combined together. They both come in a box. You can just wheel them in your bedroom and you're good to go. I'm a fucking moron. And I can set that shit up in 10 minutes. I set mine up in 10 fucking minutes. That's it. I've moved twice. I've set up the adjustable bed twice. Now, I don't have the split king option like a lot of people are getting. That one comes with two remote controls instead of one. It is their most popular version, and I understand why. The lady or your dude, no judgment here, might go to sleep before or after you, and you want to control your own destiny. I get it. Uh, they offer that as well. It is the same price. Uh, and everybody loves that goddamn thing. So give it a gozies uh, if you want. And if you just need a mattress, you're getting 40% off with the promo code Drinking Bros at checkout. But you're also getting two free luxury pillows with that mattress, which is like a $200 savings. The pillows are just as good as the goddamn mattress. I can promise you that. Uh, check out their sheets as well. Big fan of their sheets. I got those in every room in my house. Uh, they've got the weighted blankets. And also, the RV mattress is available. It is out right now, just in time for summer. So, if you're out with the kids, you're traveling around on the weekends, going to the lake, going to grandpa's, going to the beach, whatever you're going to do and you have an RV, get a nice, comfortable mattress for you and the kids to sleep on at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. The beauty of it is... You can fill up the cart as high as it'll go, and if you pop in that promo code Drinking Bros at checkout, not only will you get the 40% off, but then you'll see a box that you can check to get a three-year pay-as-you-go program. No interest there as long as you have decent credits, and I don't care what's in the cart. They're forced to give you the fucking deals all the way around for the next three years. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros today. Get a new mattress for the summer. Next up, we got mybookie.com. Promo code Drinking Bros doubles your first deposit all the way up to $1,000. I always say the same thing. If you bet with us or against us, uh, make sure you do it on mybookie.com. Now, if you bet with me yesterday and took the Vegas Golden Knights, you were a winner. If you took the over on the game, you were also a winner last night. I would not recommend betting with Delco these days. He is ice cold. He took Florida last night. It was a fucking woodshed beating. Hockey can change on a dime. The series is headed to Florida next. 
uh, and anything can happen. Curious to see those odds when they come out here in a few minutes. Looking forward to it. Also looking forward to tomorrow night's NBA Finals game. I am taking Denver minus two and a half in tomorrow night's NBA Finals game. That is Denver minus two and a half. That is my bet for tomorrow night's game. Because if I don't have something on the action, I don't feel alive. I don't feel like I'm a part of it. Uh, Therefore, I always put a little something on there. And shit, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Let's say you bet every Rays game this year, every Tampa Bay Rays game. You'd be 42 and 19 this year, and you'd be pretty goddamn happy with, with life. Uh, and that'll obviously lead into our next sponsor, which is hardafseltzer.com. We're available in the Rays Stadium, the MLB-leading Tampa Bay Rays Stadium. We're in there. We're in the Tampa Bay Rowdies Stadium if you're going to see some soccer down there. We're in the Miami Marlins Stadium, right behind home plate if you're in there and want to get rocked. Uh, tickets are cheap, and it's fun. Go to drinkingbrostickets.com, get some tickets, go to the game, take the fam, and get rocked. Just make sure you have a nice driver for the way home. These are 8% seltzers. We are live in every single Total Wines in the states of Tennessee and Florida right now. Also, if you go to our store locator on hardafseltzer.com, it'll take you right to your closest store. If you're in the tri-state area right there and want to grab some for super cheap, same price as White Claw and another fucking bullshit. Or we can just ship it right to your house at hardafseltzer.com. We ship to 40 states. We'll ship right to your doorstep. Get some 8% for the summer. Plus, if you care about your beach bod and all that other shit, dude, zero carbs, zero sugars, uh, but all the fun. No gluten if you give a fuck about that, too. Uh, Again, we'll ship to your doorstep in 40 states, or we're available in over 200 stores in Florida and Tennessee. Three more states are opening up here in about three weeks, and uh, can't wait to announce those live on the show. In the meantime, support the show. Support us. Go to hardafseltzer.com today and order yourself a case right to your house. Sponsor-wise, does it get any better then hello fresh hello hello fresh i see you i've been eating them with my wife for man i want to say three to four years now uh we have it monday through thursday maybe friday depending upon what the kids want to do but it is the freshest ingredients you can get delivered right to your doorstep uh and it's even cold it's even chilled for you So you can pop it right out of the box and into the fridge. Look, kids, uh, if you're like me and you're going to the grocery store a few times a week and you're noticing that bill creeping up into triple digits, it's because you're trying to buy fresh food for your family. It's not sweet. However, HelloFresh makes it a lot easier by doing it for you. These are fresh meals with unbelievably fresh ingredients that get shipped right to your house with a little tiny card that tells you how to cook it. Uh, Some meals you can even do in like 15 minutes. Some of the steaks a little longer, but uh, I'm not kidding, kids. I've had it Monday through Thursday or Friday for pretty much the last three or four years of my life. I'm a gigantic fan of them, but I never got a savings like this. Uh, This is HelloFresh.com slash Bros 16 or you use the code Bros 16 
for 16 free meals plus free shipping. I'm going to say that one more time because you're getting 16 free meals here. Nobody can offer you that. Not in podcasts and certainly not in life. How they're doing it, I'm not sure. But good on them. I love the food. It's the best in the biz. And right now you can get 16 free meals by going to HelloFresh.com slash Bros 16 and use the code Bros 16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Gigantic fan of these guys. There's a reason why HelloFresh's tagline is America's number one meal kit. It's because they are. Yeah, hey, uh, Giorgio, do me a favor. Grab me one of those cans back there um, from that company because uh, we'll, we'll relate this to what we were doing too. Even with Hard AF Seltzer, the amount of seltzer we give out to people for events, parties, thing, hey, try the thing and hopefully you like it and you end up buying some more and, and everything then, else. Of course, the amount we drink ourselves. Yes. Obviously. I mean, there's... Well, there's drinking bros. I know, yeah, but yeah. we had 80,000 cans. We're down to, I think, 40,000. I thought we could get through it in a year. We might be close, but this is another example. So... And I'll shout them out. Uh, we're, we're not competing, so it doesn't really matter. There's a company called Canteen. It is a, a vodka soda company here that is local to Austin, Texas. They were kind enough and dropped off 10 cases yesterday. We don't know them, nothing. They were like, hey, hopefully you talk about it on the show and everything else. But just knowing how much each case cost and, and sending over 10 cases like that, it's yeah. like, hey, dude, that was $350 probably worth of, of you know hard goods that you just – dropped off and we have our own seltzer company and everything else and blah 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 but like you go through it and that's the things you have to do to build a business yeah and hopefully you own something at the end of it so i'm glad you have the property and the buildings and i'm glad your company's doing well Dude, it's doing awesome that's man. amazing what do you think the uptick in jujitsu has been i always say rogan on the show so i have a yes and anyone that says it's not Rogan is full of shit. That's what I right? said too. Yeah. But also, it's not like Rogan's obviously the pinnacle of like what you would consider influencer or podcast. He or made whatever, it cool. Right? I think him, yeah. Anthony Bourdain. Uh, there was a handful of celebrities that kind of made it cool. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Well, he got, he got <laughs> yeah. choked out the other day. Well, he yeah. says he didn't. So I disagree with you guys. I think okay. That Rogan is like great. But the number one reason jiu-jitsu has been successful is the barrier of entry is low. You can start as an adult, just like everyone else, so, and yeah, feel this comfortable. Is, this and is, okay. But I did not know that until Rogan. And when I enrolled my kids, um, the instructor, uh, he had asked me, and it was my four-year-old who I enrolled in, at the time. He's you know now older, but uh, he asked me, he goes, do you want to join? And I started laughing. I was yeah, like, like, yeah, what are you talking about? No, dude, I'm 33 years I old. I don't want to roll around with dudes in pajamas. Yeah, I'm 33. Like, I'm going to get injured. You're, you're in my You're 30s. in your mid-60s, nope. <laughs> at least. I, I said, I'm a 33-year-old no. man. I will get injured. And he goes, no, you'd be surprised that, you know, the amount of people. Yeah. And he said the exact same thing Giorgio did. He said, the barrier of entry is super low in this. And I think you'd be fine and good at it if you were an athlete and everything else. And I said, that's all great. Um, you know, I, I can't do it right now. But unless I heard about it from Rogan, I didn't even know that was a possibility. Yeah. No, I have people all the time. My, the, I get adults more often than not from that exact scenario. With they their bring, kids? Yeah, they bring yep. their kids in. Their kids start training. And how my schedule works is we have kids class is five to six. And then adult class starts at six. Same schedule, by the way. So, okay. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. So like you got to do it that way. All yeah. the kids are stepping <laughs> off the mats. All the adults are stepping on the mats and then all their parents are watching this. And I have dads come up to me all the time. They're like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm 43 years old, but, uh, you think I could give this a try? And, like, dude, I had a guy start at 68 and he's a blue belt now. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, 
and the truth is jujitsu is for everybody and that is one thing that sounds kind of cliche to say but it's the truth because i fought mma for a long time mma is not for everybody mm, right. right like you go home with headaches you can't fucking walk after a night of getting leg kicked all that bullshit most human beings that have normal lives nine to fives can't deal with that kind of stuff but jujitsu is real it's not bullshit, but at the same time, you can kind of turn the dial up and down to meet your needs. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a killer, and you, I got a room full of killers that are 22, 25, that just want to fight to the death, we have that too. But if you're a guy that works at Boeing and you can only make it one or two days a week, and you're just looking at like improving a little bit of fitness and understanding some self-defense, it, it's beneficial for them too. And I've yet to find the person, I say this all the time, I've yet to find the person that invested 90 days of their life into jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. and then regretted that. That person doesn't exist. Yeah, and the, the other part about it, uh, going back to Zuckerberg, is we obviously hate Mark Zuckerberg on the show. <laughs> However, yeah. if you're willing to put in the time and the energy and just get exercise, just get out and exercise, and let's say that's just all it is, right? Yeah. Maybe a little bit of self-protection and exercise. Good on you, man. Like, you can't shit on Zuckerberg for that. I don't even care if he got choked out at the tournament. No, he's... That's the uh, least of my concerns. He actually... Well, hey, uh, he's doing a tournament. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, you know. It seems like... Uh, I've been seeing more and more... It, maybe it's propaganda. You never know, right? Because he controls so much of the media. It's all AI. He's yeah. not even training. Yeah. No, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, that might be it, too. I was, His hologram no, got choked thinking, out. He, he's been uh, demonstrating a lot more actual human being qualities over the past couple of years. Maybe his exposure to the public is finally... Rubbing, uh, rubbing some of the well, I think I think the pretty, metaverse humbled him pretty maybe, yeah. pretty quickly too. But you know, for kids especially, like if you you've got young kids, you take mm-hmm. them to play little league, you take them to play soccer and shit. Yep. That's fucking gay as fuck now. There's no, they're not keeping score half the time. It's like, oh, as long as everybody has fun, it's a good thing. That's not ever the case in a jiu-jitsu studio. No, and I still ride the kids pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that I coach the kids program, I can't deal. One of my assistant coaches runs the uh, – five to nine year old block because mm-hmm. that's just basically hurting cats for an hour mm. but the 10 to 14 year old youth program i run that and i'm telling you this sounds fucking kind of dramatic but it's the truth it's the most rewarding thing i've ever done in my life 14 deployments 10 years as a police officer don't even hold a candle to this because i watch kids come in with no confidence they're they're shy they're afraid they they just they're they're reclusing inwards and then in a matter of two months, they walk through those doors. They're vibrant. They're alive. They're full of energy. They're, they're excited to train hard. They're different human beings. And you can see a kid make a shift that inside of three months, even if they quit after three months, mm-hmm. it changed the trajectory for the rest of their life. And I think more and more people are seeing the value in jiu-jitsu being that. And I talk about it all the time on my show. It's not that oh, you can beat somebody up or you can defend yourself or you can get physically fit. Those things are true and they're important and they're good, right? But the most beneficial thing you get off of the mats is understanding how to face adversity, understanding how to interact with other people because a lot of kids don't have much social interaction. Low-level conflict resolution. Yeah. It's really yep. important And uh, also just the ability to go to somewhere – where you feel like you have a tribe of people and you can grow camaraderie mm-hmm. and you can share space with people and even touching other people. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, but but there is an intimacy with jujitsu and some people, oh, it's fucking gay, it's fag shit. No, yeah, yeah, it has yeah, nothing yeah. to do with sexuality. No. If you think it does, come over here and get around with me and you'll see. It has nothing to do with sexuality. But when you have a physical connection with another human being and you spend six, seven minutes on the mats, as soon as you're done, you're sweaty, you're tired, you went through adversity together, 
man, you feel bonded to that person. I mean, it is the oldest sport. Yeah. For a reason, right? It's the first well, thing I we figured say, out how to do. It, it, life depended on you being uh, good at one of two things, and that's running or fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like. And I'm not running anywhere, so, you know, <laughs> so yeah, we're see. just going to have to do this, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Lizzo who's running right now. <laughs> yeah, you know? on her one foot. All yeah. over the stage, dude. She's, she's, she'll have a club. She'll probably get a prosthetic. I saw an, uh, uh, an Instagram video yesterday of an elephant getting a prosthetic foot. Mm-hmm. So, why, why not Lizzo? Yeah. Who knows? They're basically the same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and back to what Dan was saying earlier about, uh, you know, as far as like mm-hmm. soccer and baseball and things like that, having coached it, yeah, that five or six range sometimes you're not keeping scores it's kind of everybody's all over the place but when my when my kid is in jujitsu there's a win and a loss yeah and it's happening yeah. right there and, and they fucking a- tap and it's like hey dude i'm down it's over and then the usually the instructor will come over and be like great get back up shake their hand let's go back at it dude i say it all the time in my academy because i'll run practice and we have 45 45 people at adult practice and it's probably 40 men and five women and at the end of practice, everybody is like hugging and, and shaking hands and, and sharing their how their day went and all the things that human beings are lacking right now. But the reason why it works is because a pecking order gets established on the mats. And I'm not saying that with ego or like, oh, I'm better than you and you're better than me. It's just an un it's an unspoken understanding. We all know where each other's at. Mm. Hey, that dude will kick my ass. I kick that dude's ass mm-hmm. and everything in between. And what that allows men to do is just kind of like there's, we don't have to be peacocking or posturing. Whereas in most social settings, you have a room full of 40 men. Like there's going to be all kinds of posturing and peacocking. And it comes from a position of ignorance and weakness. Too, yes. 100%. Which is where you get this, this idea of, of toxic masculinity that they've tried to, you know, broadly brush all the masculinity with. That is what it actually is. Yes. It's, it's ignorant weakness and it manifests itself in some pretty nefarious ways. So getting that shit the fuck out of you is a pretty good idea. And uh, I mean, it is a Rogan quote. You can't be full of shit on the mats. Yeah. yeah. Like everybody knows where everybody is at and that actually feels fucking good. You know, if somebody comes in and slides you a few hundred extra dollars and they're saying, hey, I want you to shut this place down. And I want to go one on one nude with you. Where are you at with that? Um, that's the way Greco-Roman started. That's the way all, it all started. It was all I, I want to go back. Completely nude. Completely Olive nude. Oil, I want to go back. Yeah. Light, light coat of CLP. I want to yeah. go back to what, what BC is it? What? Is it BC or AD for uh, first Greco-Roman wrestling? BC. Well, they got, BC. They got okay. statues yeah, yeah. of them oh, yeah. like twisting each other's dicks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, A couple hundred bucks. Right. I mean, if it was a hot chick, maybe. Mm. No, I'm saying me. Oh, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, only you? because I want it to be realistic. We're not homies yet. We're not doing gay shit. Yeah. I just want to know... I'll twist, what it was like. I'll twist your dick for okay. a couple hundred bucks. Okay. I just want to know what it was like back then. Okay. <laughs> back in BC days. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, how was, how was jiu-jitsu tonight? It was awesome, man. We got back to BC days. Oh, what's that? <laughs> I twisted dick, my dick, dick like dick a pepper twisting. grinder, uh, pepper cracker for uh-huh. about an hour, and then uh, I fucking tapped out, dude. It was cool. Ross, you're circumcised, right? Yeah, I'm circumcised. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, cool. No. This is relevant to this. Uh, a big thing when uh, uh, Alexander the Great conquered uh, Jerusalem or whatever, mm-hmm. it became cool to be Greek and not so much Jewish or whatever, and mm-hmm. they opened a gymnasium, and so about all the local Israelis or whatever went to wrestle there, but they were circumcised, and they felt ashamed, so they they gave themselves uh, plastic surgery to put a foreskin back on their No wings. way, dude. So yeah. they got fucking... Where'd they get the skin from? Research. That's a great question. You got yeah, research. Yeah, yeah whose here? skin is that? They were cutting pig skin off and fucking sewing it to their dickhead. Damn it, man. I like that. Uh, maybe I a calamari? Like 
Calamari? Uh, no, I don't know. Calamari. That that's going right. to stink it's a little bit. Calamari? Yeah, that's what Not I'm the saying. one with all the tentacles. No, 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 no. Oh, the rings. The, sure. the flesh that is most <laughs> close to human is pig, and that's why we shoot them and let them bleed out and try to save their lives in medical training. It's sometimes. also why we make heart valves out of them. Correct. Yeah, yeah. sure and is. use their shoulders as knees. And sure grow is. ears on their fucking back. We use their shit. shoulders as so. knees? I think so. Yeah. Not anymore. No, originally, though. Yeah, we use fucking titanium now. So where is this place at? In Seattle? Lake Stevens, Washington. Okay. We're about what's, 45. What's the name of it? Shout it out. Go Electric ahead. North Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. So I got Wait, my black belt. Explain the, the name. So I, yeah, that's what I was, okay. that's what I was doing. Where are you, Greg? <laughs> um, I, it seems like you were thinking about my dick. Just the well, way you were holding it. Yeah, really. well, you were talking about the pepper. Yeah, you were. I mean, you were twisting. Got me and I was like, excited. hey, man. I don't think you're going to need both penis. hands. Though, uh, so. <laughs> no, you definitely will. Definitely. Yeah. You're going to need a third. Right you're going to need a third hand. Um, <laughs> Bring a friend. I got my black belt out of Huntington Beach, California, when I lived in Los Angeles from a, uh, Professor Joao Assis, who is a eight-time world champion. He's a ADCC champ. And not only is he a great coach, but he ended up becoming one of my best friends and to this day. And so his jiu-jitsu gym in Huntington Beach is electric jiu-jitsu. Okay. So then when I moved up to Seattle as one of his black belts, we were just electric north. Mm. Oh, nice. So, yep. And does he know tribute. that you're doing it for him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he better, yeah, he better fucking know. I didn't. I'll tell you what. He's actually – we just <clears throat> planned this in the last couple of days. He got, he got contacted by some YouTube channel that has like – 1.5 million subscribers and he said i want to make a video i've wanted to make this for years black belt world champion versus a hundred white belts in a row oh shit i mean yeah. we've talked about that on this show yeah. before and so we're, we're coordinating it the reason because his gym in california is actually really small a lot of the like big gyms or like i shouldn't say big gyms but gyms where big names come mm -hmm. out of mm -hmm. are actually like little hole in the wall yeah the strip malls yeah, yeah. you know and that's him there's a little caesar's pizza right mm -hmm. next to us you know yeah and so and, in los angeles after, yeah. well you were a cop in los angeles yeah. uh freddie roach's gym do you remember that it was in that fucking yeah. shithole strip mall up top behind that you had to drive behind the thing still and you're there. Just like, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. is it still there mm -hmm. shit dude um so yeah most of that stuff is there and so uh, that would be interesting and i don't honestly how old is this guy so I was forty now. He's same age. Oh, he yeah. He would he would be, he would be fine. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, no. Unless funny, somebody he, lied about being a white. He belt. actually just texted me. We're still coordinating this right before we started here, and he's like, "Man, I just did uh, twenty white belts in a row last night." He goes. I felt kind of tired, so <laughs> oh, I, might, shit. I might need to get in shape. He's just going to need some ketone IQ, <laughs> exactly, for energy yeah. and focus. But uh, he would be able to probably mow through forty. You think? I th bro, I mean, here's the thing. It's all strategy. Yeah, it's strategy. No, no wrestling I told him, you're sitting and down. And he's a, quick, he's a good yeah. wrestler. He's a savage ass athlete. I said, don't use any of that. None. Pull a loose technical guard mm -hmm. and sweep him and throw in a Kimura or whatever. Calf like, slicers all day. Yeah. Like little, like little wrist locks. But here's the thing, too. Like, uh, man, there's levels to jujitsu. And I'm very comfortable saying, like, I'm a very good black belt, right? Mm -hmm. I've been a black belt since 2014. And I'm very competent black belt. And this guy does whatever the fuck he wants to me. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm a, an infant. And then uh, another one of our training partners, like when I was with Los, in Los Angeles, uh, Bushesha was part of our team. I trained with Bushesha. I've trained thousands of hours with Bushesha. And he treats Joao like an infant, who's also a, wor a, a fellow world champion. So there's just levels of the shit. And then Gordon Ryan beat Bouchesha. Yeah, beat Bouchesha. But Bouchesha will probably go down as one of the top generational talents. Bro, when I fucking, like, 
so I didn't even know who Bashesha was. Yeah. I moved to California in 2011, and that was the year before he won the world championship. Yep. And my office and my home, and I Google mapped it, and I just said, what gyms are on this route? And I walk in, and it's 22-year-old Marcus Bushesha. And I'm like, hey, man, like, just moved here looking for a gym. And he ran a 7 p.m. class. You were probably pretty big at the time, in shape, too. So he's like, yeah, come on down. Let's yeah, train together. Bro. Yeah, he's like, I found somebody to train. And, bro, he made – and I was a brown belt at the time. So yes, I thought, yeah. you know, pretty good at jiu-jitsu. You're a brown belt. Man, fucking one round with him, I told him, I said, I want to be a white belt again. Because whatever that just was, like – That made the basics feel easy on you. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I literally couldn't do anything. And it's like, and I trained with Marcus for years. I never got a guard pass. I never got a sweep. I never got close to a submission. And it's like, there's dudes like that I mean, out there. You're training with people who they make documentaries about. So it's great to be amongst them. Is he Brazilian? Yeah. Okay, because my kid's instructor's name is Joao as well, and I'm like, that's it's a too. Joao is like John, you know. Is like it really? Everybody in Brazil's name is Joao. I always wonder because I can't Joao. pronounce his fucking name. Not that Joao. it's a huge shock to our audience, but Joao. 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 Yeah. <laughs> that motherfucker, dude. It's because it's weird when you take kids in there. Um, one, the instructors are so in in command that you just you don't argue, you don't say anything. Like it's like great for an hour. They're in control of your children. You're yeah. just sitting there. That's as the a other parent. thing about it. There's no sass. It's like a soup Nazi None. situation. You start talking shit, get the fuck out then. Yeah. No, yeah no sass from the parents and no sass yeah, yeah. from the kids. So yeah. uh, Dude, the actually... first class, the instructor, Joao, uh, he literally said to this one kid, because he was crying, and he goes, If you cry one more time, you are fucking gone, dude. Yep, and I kick was, kids off the mat for crying. That's what. Because I tell him, I said, Listen, we're not in a fight, but we're training for a fight. Mm-hmm. I said, And if tomorrow you're walking home and you're. You're by yourself on the street corner, and some dude gets on top of you and starts beating the shit out of you. How is crying going to be a, a, something that could potentially be a solution for the problem? It's I this said. misdirected energy. Like yeah. Your energy has got to be directed into to your aggression. At that and point. so I've actually said, like, tearing up and getting frustrated, I'm okay with that, but you got to stay in the fight. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you just collapse and give up, we don't do that shit here. So I, I actually did have a parent, though, one time that was like, and it's bizarre. You got guys that have never trained an hour in their life mm. that are on the sidelines saying, arm, arm bar, uh, sweep. And yeah. it's like, dude, what do you mean sweep? Like, he's not in a position to sweep. And this little girl was mounted. And this boy was on top of her. And the dad goes, stand up. Get back to your feet. Uh-huh. And she's like trying to buck, trying to turn. She's pinned. When someone that is better than you at jiu-jitsu has you mounted, there are no solutions. That's it. Well, well, as the instructor, did you stop the class and, and address the parents? So I, not initially, you know, I was just like, okay, I'm going to give him a mole again. And then he goes, get up. And she looks over at him and goes, I can't. And that's when I said, dad, that's too much. Come here. I said, next round starts in 30 seconds and you're going to do a round with me. And all I did was take him down and put him in mount and hold him for three minutes. That's it. <laughs> that's it. But here's the thing. Because I didn't know how he was going to respond to that. Obviously, I didn't even really know the guy. But he pulled me aside afterwards, and he's like, man, I really needed that. I didn't understand what that was like. And then he signed up. God, I'd love to see that shit in real you life. Because yeah, I see so, parents like that. There was only one. And there was only one parent who had said something. And uh, the instructor comes over, uh, Jow, and yeah. he, goes, uh, he goes, hey, if 
I hear one more fucking thing out of you, you're gone too. Uh, I mean, it was Dude, awesome. And I don't know, you, I don't know your Joe Al, but I like him. Oh, yeah. If I, <laughs> hardcore gangster. <laughs> yeah. So hardcore that even after he said that to the parent, he goes, uh, by the way, I have, I have shirts for sale. And he looked, he looked at me. He's got T-shirts for sale. And he looked at me and he goes, you want to buy a shirt? And I was like, I'll take two. Yeah. I'll take two, sir. Um, and I ended up buying two shirts. My, my wife, I come home with two T-shirts. She goes, fuck, do you need two T-shirts from Jiu-Jitsu for it? I was like, I don't know. I panicked. Right? <laughs> a better man made me buy them. Yes. Yeah. I, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. Like, I, fuck, I bought two Supporting T-shirts. Supporting him for being awesome. Exactly. <laughs> so I, had the, I have the T-shirts at my house. But that's really funny, man. There is something when you walk in there, though. Where it's like, man, you just don't cross the instructor in one well, of those But places. a lot of people have never experienced what it's like on the mats. So for a lot of parents, they think they're at t-ball practice mm-hmm. and it's like just popping off about all kinds of different shit. The mats are a different thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I actually had, uh, I had a parent, and he's one of my purple belt coaches now. He's one of my favorite, Tyler Stanaway, shout out. He's one of my favorite people on the team. But he was also a parent who was just sitting on the sidelines watching his kid. And I don't remember, one of my coaches said, hey, why don't you join practice today? And this dude was like, you know, tattoos on his neck. He forges metal for a living, strong as fuck, just gritty, rode like high-level motocross growing up, one of those guys. And he's like, I'm going to go out there and just fucking maul these guys, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, a grandpa choked him out, and then a female choked him out. Oh, boy. And, bro, he said, he goes, on the drive home that night, he goes, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be full of shit. I literally thought my wife was going to ask for a divorce because <laughs> I'm the, I'm this fucking tough savage. I'm the protector of our family. And she watched me get beat up by a woman. And it's like, bro. And he goes, so I'm all in. And he's been there like every day since. So that's really funny, man. Well, dude, congratulations on everything that's happened. It's been good, man. Uh, it's cool. Cause we, Dan and I chatted about this story, you know, a couple years ago when it happened and you walked in, I was like, God, this guy looks familiar. Besides the Undertaker. Besides the Undertaker. Because you do yeah, kind of yeah. look like a very tiny Undertaker. A little itty-bitty Undertaker. Like a four foot eleven Undertaker. <laughs> hey, so. speaking of four foot eleven, one thing that kind of... I, I listened to your guys' show yesterday just Uh-oh. to kind of get your oh, vibe. Oh, that was a rough show. <laughs> and when, oh, you said, when you said, like, would you rather fuck a midget or a retard? I was like, these are my people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, Answer question. And that, I, came, I, came, I came with midget. Because I did there, too. There's there one of you guys that said like I, the I mental capacity yes. of a child. I know I couldn't yeah. do it. You know, but then the baby legs too. Like, I, baby legs come before. Like, oh, I, can you really yeah. get consent? And if you can't get consent, that's you're true. a fucking yeah. creeper. That's where man. I live, dude. That's what you know I know said. What I was like, yes, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't but do like, it. No one will say that shit on their podcast. Well, we do. We, you know? we, we show up. Who's going to do something to us I know. that hasn't the, already been done yeah, to yeah, ourselves yeah. by ourselves? <laughs> exactly. We were talking about it earlier about uh, all these buyouts that are happening, You know, even golf and all that other shit. We're not selling shit. Uh, well, there was a conversation with Wondery, and they were like, we know who you are, and we find you absolutely like horrifically offensive yeah thank you so we're okay. definitely not buying your company and like, okay cool and it was our cfo who made the call and he didn't chat with us beforehand i was like you called wondery i was like no they're not gonna fucking buy this shit yeah, like, you, may have, you may as well have called the aclu <laughs> fuck off, dude. it's not happening uh now's the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to man someone that's inspired me Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with someone that may sound a little uh, it may sound kind of strange, but 
You know who changed my life more than almost anyone after that whole thing was Andy Stumpf. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to say Andy Griffith. No, Andy Stumpf. Oh, we love Andy. Bro, Andy became a homie of mine, and uh, he invited me on Cleared Hot right when that story was was hot. Mm -hmm. And, bro, it it, it literally changed the trajectory of my life because it connected me with all these people. I started my own show that then blew up and Mm -hmm. is doing extremely well. Endless Endeavor, if you're interested on that. Yeah, absolutely. That's the name of the show. Endless Endless Endeavor. Endeavor. Yeah. Yeah, another show that, like... We don't hold back on anything. I don't fucking edit things out. If my guests want to use the word faggot on my show, they mm. can use it. Like, Andy's the same way. Like yeah. He's been not, not just about the content itself, but he's always been very honest about his everything. Yeah. Str- from struggle to success, he's always been really honest. And, uh, you know, at a time where I'm basically stepping into an abyss not knowing what's next, and then, like, just getting connected with the right people. Andy was really a catalyst with Mike Glover and, and like, me – I'm partnered with Fieldcraft now, and it's like it's really changed the trajectory of my life. So that's awesome. That, that's who I give that shout out to for sure. Both good dudes, Mike too. Yeah, Mike yeah. is fucking rad, yeah. man. Fun guy. He, and if, while we're giving shout outs, his book dropped today. Oh shit! Did it really? Did yeah, it really? Yeah. Yep. Well, Damn, I'll, to, I'll text him. I'll text him, and we got to get him on the show for sure. I don't know why he didn't hit us up before. He, so it, they it did. Um, so they, is he scheduled yet? I don't think so. I, you can you can ask Harry, but uh, yeah, there was uh, there was something on the schedule and it got moved. He might nah. have gotten Rogan. You know what I'm saying? Like whenever somebody uh, has to push on drinking bros, I was like, oh, did you get Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's fine. I get it. I would take the 11 million downloads a day too. But uh, Yeah, holy for shit. sure, man. God damn, that guy's podcast is fucking insane, isn't it? Um, I know Spotify. Because Glover did Rogan, I don't know, four months ago or something. And he's like, bro, he's one of us. Mm. He's just cool as fuck, dude. Yeah. Just a real, like, solid dude, you know? Like, and everybody already knows that because Rogan is who he is on the air. But it's kind of, it's cool seeing, like, all the circles are kind of merging now, Mm -hmm. you know? And and the circles he's created himself. I mean, look, he brought, you know, bow hunting, in my opinion. uh, Well, he made bow hunting, he made it popular. He elevated Cam Haynes, who made bow hunting popular. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Cam Haynes' sons in Second Battalion, too. I didn't yeah. know that. What yeah. the fuck? Uh, Cam was just on the show a couple months Yeah, ago. he's finally oh, going to mm-hmm. retire okay. from his... You know he's a water treatment manager? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, bro. what the fuck? Like, You've been I, doing that shit this whole time? And he well, made, does he get a pension? More from, like, his Under Armour yeah, sponsorship dude. than his fucking... Uh, but does like, he get yeah, a pension? Fuck no, a pension, dude. He doesn't, he doesn't need that pension. shit. But if he had pride in the job and he still wants to do it, That's what he said when I asked him why he fucking kept doing it. He's like, well, I started it. I'm going to finish it. Wait, he's just my dad? Well, here's the water treatment operator? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, how he's yeah. wired. He is fucking relentless. That's so true. that's yeah, you know what I mean. But will your dad get a pension, Delco? Uh, yeah, he gets a uh, you know retirement. That's great. Yeah. So I'm sure it's the same way where you have this date in mind and whatever you know happens happens and that's fine. But you still want to complete it. Yeah, I respect it. Cam's that dude. Yeah, that's, he not, is. that's not shocking. He's a fucking relentless um, human being. Have you guys been out to Andy's Black Rifle yet? No, no yeah, no. went out for the grand opening. It's fucking places. My buddy ass, that I was telling you about, Andy Meckel, uh, he's the the flip flop guy. Flip flop sauce. You ever heard of that shit? What toehold? Uh, no, 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 no. It's it's, it's they like, were on Shark Tank. Uh, no, no, no. This is a different. Different guy. one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, we're all fucked up. Yeah, he makes he makes uh, he cooks deer a lot for like big events like for Yeti and big corporations and shit. But anyways, <clears throat> he's up there in Bozeman, and we're gonna go. Uh, hunt some mountain lion soon okay so i'm gonna go up there then because i think it's 
I haven't had a chance. We don't, we don't get to Montana very often, unfortunately. Yeah, no. Kalispell's fucking rad. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, and the straight blast gyms out out there. They we, have the one in Whitefish and one in Kalispell. Good gyms too. We do a lot of uh, sports and gambling on sports in particular mm-hmm. because of uh, Drinking Bros Sports. And Montana's football team isn't very good. So <laughs> yeah. We don't get to Montana. We are thinking about going up to to Boise though. Do you, yes. Are you going to eat the mountain lion for the Boise oh, no. State game? Why not? Do Is it good? people eat? I don't know. I don't either. I had bear oh, no, for the first time good. last weekend. Bears like grizzly. I wasn't I impressed like at all. No. I hope my, I hope my homie that gave it to me doesn't listen to this because yeah. I told him like, oh, thank you. We really enjoyed that. Bears. Oh, you really enjoyed the bear. <laughs> but, but bears the, got a lot of gristle in it, and I don't think like it's you, just super. I mean, I don't like, really know what you mean by the word gamey, but then when I ate the bear, I kind of did. Yeah, there's a lot of gristle. Like the intramuscular fat is basically gristle. It's not like um, it's not like the inter, intramuscular fat in a in a and a cow uh-huh. it's different you know and i don't like it um but the lion i don't actually i don't know the only reason we're going to do it is because you have to hunt predators you know yeah. otherwise they start to yep. fuck up yep. the wildlife and shit and also i just wanted to do it can you saw off a paw so i can wear it uh yeah right. i'll saw off all four yeah i just want one as a necklace i want one of those paws <laughs> i'm gonna necklace. i'm turning his head into a helmet <laughs> like a, ra- a lucky rabbit Great. foot i'm gonna yeah. take I'm, a, a cougar foot. i'm gonna take a <laughs> awesome, dude. i'm gonna take a bump helmet and just cover it in the tiger's head and just wear that around town Going to then pull my knots down. Hell over yeah, yeah. 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 Going to the Capitol building on J six, dude. <laughs> Grab a laptop. I'm not really happens. the protesting type. You'll I'm get, more of you'll like, get fucking thrown in solitary confinement without yeah with due uh, process, without due process. Dude, homeboy just got arraigned. Uh, I think it was three days ago. Uh, well, Friday last last week. Um, three shows ago, I should say. I think he got eight years. The guy who went into Pelosi's office. Oh it, really? Oh, it was gnarly, dude. Yeah, I think he's got eight, eight and a half years. Years, yeah. man. He, I think we should show what a real insurrection looks like and go free all those motherfuckers. Mm. <laughs> they didn't do a goddamn thing, and everybody knows it. Well, after watching that they video, were b- I know I, the I saw the yeah, I saw like, the video on Tucker where they were walking the the shaman guy around to like nine different entrances yeah, yeah. to get him to go in. It was like, all right, what the fuck are we doing here? You got Ray up saying, "Let's storm the Capitol," and they were always like, "No, they let's put him on sixty minutes." Yeah, did they? They did I a full fucking story. I watched it. So everybody you, around him is like, "No, we're not." We're not doing that. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Like, no. no. Then, then they started shouting fed at him. Yeah, fed, fed, <laughs> yeah, fed. Because yeah, he, uh, he is. Cause, <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Right? So he does this sob story on, on 60 Minutes. This was maybe three or four weeks ago where he gets on and is with his wife and he's in a trailer. And he says, I had to leave my home. Everybody thinks I'm a fed. And I you know, started J6 and all this other stuff. And he goes, now I'm on the, on the run with Good. his wife. Right. Um, and they were like, yeah, but, you know, the one guy, I mean, there was only one honest question in the whole goddamn interview, but he goes, you know, you did say on video more than 20 times that we should storm the Capitol. And he goes, I know, and I regret it. And I was like, uh-huh. That's what everybody else said who actually went in and did to the, yeah. the Capitol. And he goes, but then I tried to stop it. And it was like, great. Why haven't you been arrested or questioned or anything else? Well, and, not just that, but why are you being defended by everybody in the federal government? Why did 60 Minutes give you no. a full fucking piece? On, like, it's, it's all Because bizarre. we live in a fucking clown world, dude. That's well, yeah. bro, and you'll yeah. agree with me. Like, they want to call it an, an insurrection. Like, It was a- trespassing. Bro, any fucking <laughs> private that's had 10 minutes of infantry training yeah. understands if you want to take control of a structure... You have to set up a perimeter. Mm-hmm. You have to control points of in, in, egress and in, in ingress and egress. Like infantryman 101, nothing was done. You don't stay inside the stanchions <laughs> and film yeah. it with your iPhone, yeah. dude. What the fuck, man? And dude, we're just gonna sit by and let. It's like Andy Frisella says, they're just creating history. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. 
or rewriting it too. Yeah. Uh, so well, either Norm, they're, they're creating it or rewriting it. Norm McDonald's then... uh, got a great bit or had a great bit on that. He goes, uh, you know, I've been reading the history books and it turns out the good guys won every single time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> Even today, I don't know how they'll spin this PGA thing, but uh, we'll see. Uh, thanks for tuning in, kids. Go to iTunes, rate the show a five star and leave a quick review. Again, I'll shut the fuck up. Just get us to 10,000 reviews and I'm done. I won't, we'll, we won't do any more after that. 10K, that's it. I think we're at 6,800 on there. Uh, and then Spotify is just a five-star and you can throw your phone out the window. We don't really care. Um, that's all the advertisers give a shit about, which keeps all this uh, shit going on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Greg Anderson, thanks for being here. Tell everybody yeah, one more time uh, what your podcast is. Endless Endeavor, and it's on all platforms. All so. platforms. Uh, great guests. Come back anytime, man. Will do. We enjoyed having you. Uh, thanks for joining us, kids. For Dan and Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone.